Welcome to Chapter 15 of The King's Secret. As we flew, my mind raced to process the contents of the letter I carried. Cyprian, while under the employment of my grandfather, led a charge into the northern mountains to eradicate a village of Fay because their princess had rejected my father's proposal of marriage. Upon their arrival, she'd agreed to marry him if Cyprian would let their people live in peace. Upon the princess's death, after my birth, Cyprian returned to the village, laying waste to it. He had claimed an orphan child and the command of the academy as his payment for the deed. He'd ended the letter with a request that the royal city purge all magic to prevent the royal children's maternal heritage from becoming known. This request effectively weakened the city and provided him control over the throne. No wonder he was so grumpy during my audition. My having magic completely upsets his plans. I began to wonder if this princess, if my mother, was the true fey princess I'd read about in Esta's books. When we landed in my room, I hunted for an antidote, cursing myself for not setting it out before I left. Torkin found it first, popped the cork, and helped me drink it. The transformation was nothing like last time. I felt every change, internal and external. The pain was excruciating. I bit my tongue to keep from screaming as I hit my knees, drawing blood. I felt Torkin gently touch my arm as I fought the urge to pass out. I told you there'd be consequences. I wish you would have told me you were going to do this. The pain subsided as the transformation finished, and I stood on wobbly legs, healing my tongue and hunting for clothes. Me too. That sucked. Where are you going now? Torkin asked, handing me my socks and a shirt. Where do you think? I held up the letter. No! He hissed, taking it from me. Not yet! This will spark a literal war, Owen. You need to fix your soul first, or he'll mop the floor with you. I hated him in that instant. He was actively coming between me and my Ada. But I shoved the feeling down. He was right. Okay, I growled. But you better not forget where you hide it. He nodded and zipped out the window with it. I continued dressing checked the time, and headed to our dinner. As I walked through the halls, I found myself heading towards the teacher's offices instead of the dining hall. It was almost like I was being pulled there. I knocked on Ada's door gently. Within a few seconds, she opened it, surprised. Owen, is everything... okay? Her surprise turned to concern when she met my gaze. Get in here! Did anyone see you? No. I was certain of it. She cupped my face, the feeling of her flush against mine setting my body ablaze with frantic energy. Good. I doubt you know this, Owen, but your eyes are green right now. I barely heard her. Her presence was intoxicating in that moment. I pulled her to me, pressing my lips to hers. I needed her. She fought me, barely, before wrapping her arms around me and deepening the kiss. Before I understood what I was doing, I had her pressed against her desk, my hands searching for her skin. 
clarity struck me as she found the hem of my blouse, and I pulled away. The irritated moan that left her lips nearly undid my resolve, but I chose to take another step back. We both stood there panting, eyeing each other hungrily for several seconds. The feeling of desire I was experiencing was suffocating. I ran a shaky hand through my hair. Is this what she felt every day? Fuck, I whispered. She swallowed and smoothed out her shirt. Yeah, this is exactly why I said no more office visits. I whimpered, actually whimpered like a dog begging for a treat. The action caught me off guard. What's happening to me? The fay in you is awake, she whispered, gripping her desk with white knuckles, her lust-filled eyes boring holes in my broken soul. Your eyes have returned to normal. You, you should go. I, I can't stay in this confined space with you for very long, Owen. Fine. I closed the space between us again gently tipping her jaw upwards and planting a light kiss on her soft lips. Where I found the control to do such a tender act, I have no idea. But know this. You're mine, Ada. I'll find a way. I promise. I left before she could protest, sucking in the fresh air as I did. Stay calm. I spoke to my mind. We'll find a way to be with her. We have to. There is one way we could free her. My mind responded. But it requires a great sacrifice. I listened intently to my other half's idea as I walked away from Ada's office. Ignoring the urge to burst through that door and have her was easier now that I had a distraction. I'd made it two steps when an undesired voice called out to me. Having troubles with your classes, Master Aisley. Just the sound of Cyprian's voice enraged me. I just wanted to thank her for saving my life. I kept walking and didn't face him. God forbid he saw my eyes. I had no idea if they were any color other than blue right now. And thank you. Cyprian's voice rang out in the empty hall. For saving the school. I didn't acknowledge him. I just left, continuing to listen to my Faisal's idea. By the time I sat down with my friends, I'd not only recovered from my wild mood swings, but I'd worked out a plausible plan for freeing Ada. I'd need help to execute it, though. My other half grew quiet, and I noticed that the cafeteria wasn't as loud today. A tense energy hung in the air due to the students' discomfort. I suppose that's a reasonable reaction to a giant worm attack. I also noticed that many of them were staring at me. I ignored them. I was used to eyes on me, wasn't I? So, Emily offered lethargically. Break is officially two days away. A week on a beach with no cares in the world sounds wonderful right now, Esta offered. Think Alfred will be up for it? Mora asked Lena. It's all he talked about today. She didn't look up from her tray of untouched food. 
What about you, Owen? Asta turned to me. You make up your mind yet? I rubbed my face and nodded. Yeah, I want to go. Will Torkin need a ticket? We can sneak him on the plane to carry on. Emily smiled lightly. As if on cue, my pixie arrived at the table, sitting quietly beside my tray. Even Torkin was out of sorts. Usually he'd pick out something to snack on. Instead, he looked up at me and frowned. If that keeps up, we're going to need to get you colored contacts. The rest of the table looked at me in confusion. Emily gasped, leaning forward to inspect my face. So it's true! I heard Master Evan and Mistress Anail talking about that. What's it feel like? Like I don't belong in my own body, I admitted quietly. Are they green right now? One is, Esta offered. The other is normal. I sighed and rubbed my face, resting my forehead in my hands for a bit before taking a deep breath and digging purposefully into my food. It is what it is. At least break you soon. If I can hide until then, maybe I can spend a week figuring out how to keep them from changing so much. I have an idea. Mora came to my side and inspected me intensely. We can place a deception charm on them. No matter what color they are, onlookers will think they're blue. That's a great idea, Torkin thought aloud. Complicated, but great. Why is it complicated? I asked, thinking of the charm I'd placed on the books at home. Because it's a charm on a living being, Mora stated. But Mistress Anail can do it for sure. I could try, but I don't really want to blind you. Yeah, please no, I laughed. I need to talk to her anyway. That night, I laid awake for hours, unable to sleep. I stared at the ceiling, and then at my pixie. When did I start calling him that? My pixie. He was mine. But that wasn't the point. I loved this little blue ball of fire and rage, and I'm not even sure how it happened. I'd do anything to keep him safe. Yet I had no idea why. Suddenly, the first conversation I'd had with myself entered my mind. I carefully got up, not wanting to disturb my sleeping familiar, and plucked a book from the stack I'd checked out from the library a few days ago. I'd already read this one, but I was on the hunt for a specific piece of information. Something that was lost to the Fae. As I leafed the book, a picture caught my eye. It was a sketch of the last known Fae Royal. She was lovely, and nearly identical to my mother's portrait, except her face was a bit wider, and her nose a little longer. I'd read the description below. Fae Queen Iselpria bore two sons and one daughter, all perished in the mountain raids during the royal ascent. Hmm. No wonder people thought my coming to the school meant peace. My grandfather had been ruthless towards the people of magic. The Fae had ruled the lands for thousands of years, harboring peace between the species. Man learned that magic could be gained by consuming or mating with magic-bearing creatures, and effectively disrupted that peace within the hundred years they'd existed. Many species had gone extinct due to the harvesting or loss of their companion species. Pixies were high on this list of endangerment due to the lack of fae. 
I thought about Torque and fighting in a war and quickly shook the imagery from my head. I couldn't bear the thought of him in danger. It caused me physical illness. I skimmed the page and stopped on a single line. Since the Queen's passing, the royal fey bloodline has been lost forever. I tapped my finger on the page and sighed again, closing my eyes to talk to my other half. We're the new king, aren't we? Yes, my own voice echoed in my head. I leaned back in my desk chair, pinching the bridge of my nose in an attempt to concentrate. I've always thought she was beautiful. Torkin's voice pulled me from my jumbled mind. He was standing over the book, looking at the picture of the queen. You look like her. I suppose I should. I leaned my elbows on the desk and studied him. You knew from the second you saw my addition, didn't you? He nodded. Well, at least I had the suspicion. Watching you interact with a magical world confirmed it. Literally everything is attracted to you. Even the goblins wanted to please you, and they hate everyone. I laughed from my nose and shook my head. <laughs> A worthless prince, to the most important figure in magical society overnight. What a disaster. Let's keep this a secret until you figure out what I'm meant to do. Of course, he smiled. I'm glad you found yourself, my lord. I'd prefer you not call me that. I cringed. I can't stand the thought of my friends or loved ones being beneath me. Which am I? He asked curiously. You're both, you idiot. I laughed and picked him up, appreciating the small creature before me with fondness. You know, I don't think I could live without you at this point, Torkin. I assure you, he pumped his wings lightly. The feeling is quite mutual. I hugged the small creature to me. You should rest. You have to teach in the morning. And you have class, he scolded. I kind of planned on skipping all of them except P.E. I smiled as he raised his eyebrow. Why not? Dorkin, I literally have all of my classwork done for the semester. Don't skip class. He was a damnant. The lectures are just as important as the coursework. I have to skip linkages, I sighed. I can't be in the same room with her anymore. Did something happen? He was concerned. Yeah, I admitted. I gave in to temptation. And I found out exactly how strong the pull we have on each other is. You didn't mate her, did you? He hovered before me, grabbing my face to study it with urgency. No, I smiled sheepishly. I was able to stop, but I don't think I could do it again. He sighed in relief, releasing me. Then yes, skip linkages. Not only would there be a problem with Cyprin, but I'm sure the school would lose credibility if a student actively had sex with their teacher during class. I burst out in laughter and slammed the book closed. My God, your mouth never ceases to amaze me. Joseph banged on his wall, signaling that we were too loud. I rolled my eyes, knowing there would be a registered complaint taped to my door tomorrow morning. Poor Carlin. I crawled back into bed, Torkin joining me on his pillow. 
The few hours of sleep I managed to gain were filled with vivid dreams of my friends, of Ada and Torkin, and of a small child with dirty blonde hair and deep green eyes. I had no idea who she was, though she was beautiful. This concludes Chapter 15 of The King's Secret. I hope you enjoyed this reading, and I hope you'll join us for Chapter 16. Have a wonderful week, and I will see you all next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>